This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Well, one shining moment. Final four this weekend up in Minneapolis. Auburn against Virginia. Texas Tech against Michigan State. Most of the big boys, most of the well, thought of favorites to win the national title, they're gone, except for maybe Virginia, only number one seed left in this tournament. No Duke, no Gonzaga, no North Carolina, and that's the madness we all love this time of year. In to preview the Final Four with us is Eli Herskovich, college basketball writer for the Action Network and producer up at 670 The Score in Chicago, uh, Eli. Uh, it wasn't too long ago, uh, a few years ago, I was, well, was applying up at 670 The Score in Chicago, Eli, so there you go. <laughs> Welcome to the show. How yeah. are you? It's, I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on. It's a good station up there, and it's been a fun few years working there, along with writing at the Action Network and covering college basketball from the gambling perspective and the analytics perspective as well. Yeah, there you go. About five years ago or so, I was uh, talking to people up there. Uh, this is crazy Final Four like it is every year, right? I mean, this isn't any crazier than when you had Loyola Chicago, I suppose, or uh, George Mason or these 11 seeds making it. But what do you make of the four that made it to Minneapolis, man? Well, I hate to give myself a pat on the back, but let's start off with it. I did pick Michigan State, Texas Tech, and Auburn to make the Final Four. My one pick that I missed was uh, Virginia, the one shock pick of the of the uh, Final Four. I had Tennessee coming out of the the, uh, the South region. So the other picks I was I was locked in on. I was a big fan of Auburn coming into it. I know you must know the the the, uh, the what the Tigers present to the table pretty well, being a part of the SEC and with what LSU uh, making the Sweet 16 and, and winning the SEC regular season title this season. Auburn's ball movement is, was spectacular in that second half against Kentucky. Their guard play with Bryce Brown and Harper combining for 50 points. So while that might have been the most surprising storyline coming into, into the Final Four, it, it wasn't if you watched Auburn over the last 12 games, winners of, of 12, uh, winning all 12 of their last 12 games outright and covering a bunch of those two. Now, Duke not being there, let's get this out of the way. I, I wasn't really surprised with the way they had played the rest of the tournament, um, uh, Eli. I was more surprised about Gonzaga and maybe North Carolina, but Duke just never seemed, even since that Zion Williamson injury, to be this unbeatable, unstoppable force that everybody thought they would become tournament time. Right, and you think about the UCF game where Aubrey Dawkins is an inch away, a centimeter away from from uh, winning that game at the buzzer, and even the hook and hold on the on the rebound off the Zion Williamson miss uh, in the final seconds. Zion Williamson pushing off BJ Taylor and and potentially uh, tackle fall getting or not getting away with a, a non foul on the blocking foul that was called that sent Williamson to the line. So that game happened to the round of 32, and then. In the Sweet 16, Virginia Tech, Ahmed Hill. What a what a call from Buzz Williams on the baseline on a bounce play to set that thing up on the on the inbounds pass, and Ahmed Hill just misses the tip in to or the or the or the uh, the layup at the rim to to send that game to overtime and tie things up. So you're right, Duke was bound to lose. I hate to use the word luck, but they got lucky 
in those last two games. And from a betting perspective, or before the Michigan State game, and from a betting perspective, you think of that Michigan State game, especially after the, UC, after the UCF game and Virginia Tech game went down as a letdown performance coming up for Duke, and they didn't really show that for much of the game. While Michigan State had the 14-0 run to end the first half, Duke took over for spurts of the second half, up by three in the final three minutes, and then Cassius Winston with a big shot. and What a play call from Tom Izzo to set up Kenny Goins for that three. Winston set the down screen on Zion Williamson. Trey Jones trails him, and if you remember earlier in that half, Kenny Goins had a three-point shot blocked by Zion, so they're able to deny a block from Williamson, and he likely would have gotten to that shot if, if Winston doesn't screen him. And, and, and Goins hits the game-winning three, and Barrett misses the free throw. Cassius Winston is able to zip past Duke's defenders. I don't know if you saw a, a replay of that final play, uh, but, but Xavier Tillman is, is giving him the, the eye flash, just dark, uh, across the half court, and he finds, he finds Winston, and Michigan State closes it out. So you're right. Duke was bound to lose, and I'm very happy it happened. Eli, most of America is with you, Eli. Eli Herskovich, <laughs> at Eli Herskovich on Twitter, we're previewing the final four. By the way, how good would this Michigan State team be with Joshua Langford right now? My goodness. Doing this without Man, him. it's, yeah, what he could bring, and you think about Michigan State was also without Nick Ward for, for much of the latter part of Big Ten play. So they were playing out without two of their best stars, and they they want a share of the Big Ten tournament regular or the Big Ten regular season title, and then and route to the Big Ten tournament title after beating Michigan State for the third straight time this season. They were just able to, uh, you know, d- uh, that defense of Michigan uh, all season was tough on Big Ten opponents, but Michigan State killed them in the pick and roll. But right to have another ball handler alongside Winston uh, would be huge. Linkford could shoot the three ball at a really high clip, can also attack off the bounce. And while Michigan State spelled Winston some minutes in the Big Ten tournament, he's been basically playing the entire NCAA tournament. And there's been word of he has knee tendonitis and the toe injury would seem to show up more in the Big Ten tournament than in, in March Madness because he's been playing, again, most of, most of every single game that Michigan State's played in. So it would be huge to spell Winston some minutes, especially when you need depth in the Final Four against one of the best defenses in college basketball in Texas Tech. All right, let's go game by game here. We'll start on that half of the bracket. Uh, usually, uh, I would be all over Michigan State here. I, I have a little bit of pause because of what I saw at Texas Tech with that length and defensive athleticism due to Gonzaga, who is one of the most efficient college basketball teams we've seen in like the last two decades. It just took them apart. So how do you handicap this game, Eli? See, this is the toughest game I've had to handicap this entire season. And I know you're probably thinking, well, of course he's going to say that. He's coming on my radio show. He wants to he wants to make a big claim. But, no, this this really is. It's two and a half. The sharp money came in yesterday on Texas Tech. The line opened up or opened up at two, minus two and a half for Michigan State. Jumped to three and then back to two and a half in the latter part of yesterday. And you think about, uh, like you mentioned, Texas Tech's on-ball defense holding Gonzaga to their second lowest uh, offensive efficiency this season at 0.97 points per possession and holding them to 25 points in that second half in the Elite Eight. What Michigan State does, and I mentioned this with the Michigan games, those three wins over Michigan, Michigan State wants to dominate you in the pick and roll. And they, they did that in the, in the second half uh, with, with Duke, and they were also able to push the tempo. But everyone's been saying, well, Michigan's defense is similar to Texas Tech's defense. So does that give 
Michigan State the advantage because they've already faced a really good defense in Michigan and beaten them three times. Texas Tech's defense does not get beaten on the pick and roll. Michigan actually has has, has given up the, the highest two-point scoring rate in the country. So a lot of their opponents' points are coming inside the arc. Texas Tech has given up one of the, the lowest two-point scoring rates in college basketball, and that's a credit to Kempom. So I, I cannot get my head wrapped around on this game because Texas Tech's interior defense is going to be all over Michigan State. On the flip side, Texas Tech was able to, to knock off Gonzaga because while they hit some timely threes, uh, shooting just below 40% from beyond the arc in that game, Gonzaga's defense has been susceptible inside the arc, and they were in that game as well with Culver off the bounce and Tariq Owens and Lorenzo Diasi along with Moody around the basket, some timely laps for him, their two guard. So uh, Michigan State's defense should be able to wrap uh, should be able to wrap up Texas Tech's uh, uh, interior offense off the dribble. So this one comes down to me: who's going to make more three-point shots? Who's go- who has the more consistent perimeter offense? Because both interior defenses are elite. Michigan State can pound you on the glass at both ends of the floor. I give this slight nod to Michigan State uh, with their three-point shooting, with Cassius Winston, his ability to slow the game down. And slow, slow an opponent's point guard down as well with their ball pressure of Texas Tech. He did it against Trey Jones, an elite on-ball defender for Duke. Uh, his ability to stay composed in the moment, come up with big screens, big shots, big dimes, has, has the third highest assist rate in college basketball, along with McQuaid and even even uh, Aaron Henry, a freshman from beyond the arc, and I already mentioned Goings. So I give the nod to Michigan State because of their a little bit more fine three-point shooting. Other side of the bracket. So we know you're high on Auburn, and look, I am too. This is kind of the team we thought they would be at the beginning of the season. They're finally there. But can Virginia complete one of the really the fairy tale stories in recent memory in sports going from, well, a first round exit to a 16 seed to the next year, winning the whole darn thing? What about this game? You know, I, I give you credit, and I appreciate you saying that too about Auburn because everyone's saying, oh, what a surprising run for the Tigers. And I, I guess if you look at it from the seeding perspective, it was a surprising run. But uh, if you look at the beginning of the season, they were a top-10 team in the, in, the, in the latter part of November in, in the AP Top 25. So this was one of the best teams in college basketball coming into the year, and they're showing that right now with their elite guard play. Virginia might be able to control the tempo in this game. But we've seen, uh, we saw it with, with Auburn in that Kentucky game in the, in the Elite Eight, how Auburn can play to Kentucky's style, and Kentucky also wanted to slow Auburn down, and they play at a slower tempo, not Virginia-style tempo, who owns the, the slowest adjusted tempo in college basketball, just under 60 possessions per game. But Auburn was able to play in the half court. Bryce Brown did not miss a shot in the second half. And while you might think Virginia's bigs, will be able to dominate Auburn's front line with the Akite and, and uh, Hunter up front and no Kiki for, for the Auburn Tigers who tours ACL against UNC. Auburn hung with Kentucky on the glass, just minus four on the boards, and they were also minus four with UNC. Now, Okiki played a big role in that with 11 rebounds, but their game rebounding against Kentucky with Wiley and Purifoy and Spencer was dominant, and Bryce Brown was also to gain rebound and play a part in that. So, I expect Auburn to play at Virginia's style of tempo, or if they're able to speed them up, which I think they could do because of their turnover rate. And while Virginia doesn't turn over the ball a ton, Auburn makes you uncomfortable offensively because of their ball pressure, because of their ability to get their hands in the passing lane. So I, my best bet for the Final Four 
is Auburn plus five and a half, getting the five and a half points or even the five that the line is dipped to right now. And I expect them to win this game outright as well. All this information, it's great information. It's why you need to be reading the Action Network and Eli Herskovich's work there. Eli, really great stuff, man. Hope to have you on again. Thanks so much. Of course. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. You bet. At Eli Herskovich on Twitter, and he also works as a producer for 670 The Score in Chicago, really one of the great radio stations, sports radio stations in the country. We'll take a break. Wrapping up hour number one here on The Last Lap. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.